Welcome to this week's edition of Tubby Talk with Jay Louder. Today, or rather this month, is Valentine's Day. And I know for some of us who are men, I, I honestly don't get too excited about it. I know my wife is, I wouldn't say she's overly excited about it, but I know it's more a little more important to her than it is uh, to me. I know there's a lot of commercialism with it, but it is that time of year. And so today I have some guests that are really good friends of mine, people that I, I love, people that I respect. And ironically enough, believe it or not, there are people that I've married. I don't do a whole lot of marriages. You've got to be somebody, so don't get any ideas. I don't do a lot of marriages. You've got to be somebody that's really, really close to me. But I love them both. Reagan and Brindy, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, oh, man, it's so good. I've really honestly been excited about having y'all. And just a little backdrop, Reagan basically in, in many ways grew up at my home. He's like a son to me. He and my oldest son, Lane, have been friends from day one, so... Reagan's really been a staple in our life and in our family and at our house. And so, like I say, we consider him our own. And then Brindy, Brindy, how long have I known you now? Oh, almost six years. Almost six years. I, I, I think I mentioned this not long ago, but I still remember the day that I met you. I remember hearing about you before I met you and I, I'd never met Reagan. I don't think anybody you'd ever dated. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really excited to meet you and all the, they made it sound as though you walked on water. At least Reagan did. So yeah. We were really excited to meet you. And of course we immediately fell in love with you. I believe that was a Thanksgiving. Was it not? Yes, it was. It was? Yeah. Thanksgiving. They've been with us Thanksgiving and Christmas, but anyway, super glad to have you guys on the podcast. And since it is Valentine's month, rather. And it's a month where there's, I don't know, there's kind of a focus on love. And of course, we've done different things on marriage. And Misty and I, of course, have talked about some of the good and the bad and the ugly. But I thought it would be a great idea, since you guys are newlyweds, to have you on today. Y'all were married, and I should remember, I don't remember the exact date, but you guys were married, I remember November. Yes, sir. November 18th. So y'all been married, I'm sure, Brittany, you could probably almost give us the amount of days, but what is that? About how many weeks is that? Oh my gosh, put me on the spot. Yeah, about 12 weeks. Gosh, that's crazy. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. I was thinking without calculating it in my mind about eight weeks ago, but yeah, time flies. So anyway, what we wanted to do today is uh, we've never had a newlywed couple. So you guys are the first. And we were actually in staff meeting and we were talking about since it was February, who could we have? And I actually think it was Kaylee's idea. And when Kaylee mentioned it, we're like, oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so anyway, we, we're going to hit a lot of different topics today. And first of all, let's talk about how you guys met. I don't know who wants to jump in first, but how did you guys meet? Ooh, yeah. So I actually had a very good friend that I had met overseas during my time over in Germany. And her and I became very close. She moved back to the States around the same time I did. I'm from Seattle, Washington. She is from Wichita Falls, Texas. And she had planned to move up and live with me. And so she had come up, checked out Seattle, loved it, really wanted to move up. Unfortunately, her dad had gotten sick. And so I traveled back with her and her dad had passed away. I went to the funeral with her and Reagan had known her since third grade. Kindergarten, actually. Oh, sorry. Kindergarten. Yeah. Okay. 
And they were, had been what best friends since third grade. Yeah. So she had introduced me to him during that time and she was dealing with a lot of family stuff. So Ray and I got to spend a whole lot of time together and yeah, it was did. really, really sweet because it was a very low pressure situation. There wasn't this immediate sparks flying type of situation. It was very just friendly. So, so I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but did either one of you know from the jump, like, this may go somewhere, or was it just a friend thing? Oh, I so had a I, huge crush on Reagan. She had a huge crush on me, and I thought she was the absolute greatest, but I thought I had no chance in the world whatsoever. That's what we thought when yeah. we met her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is no way I That's oh, what shy. we thought. Yeah. I went home telling everybody, if I was in the place that I wanted to date right now, I want to date Reagan Fields. Really? Oh, yeah. My parents, everybody knew about Reagan before we were even a thing. All of my friends knew because he was just so amazing and different than anybody else I'd ever met. And he was smart and he was intentional in conversation. And where I'm from, we don't get a lot of intentional conversation. <laughs> and so it, it was a really sweet time just to get to know him with no pressure. And right. then walking away from that situation like, oh, okay. This and, is, but this Reagan, is you were clueless. You, you had no idea. Uh, I had no idea. Man, there was the last night, I think, that she was here in town. We went out dancing and uh, I never dance. Like I'm not a big fan of dancing and she got me on the dance floor. And at that point, I was like, you know what? This would be really sweet if I actually had a shot. This would be awesome. <laughs> but she's going back to Washington. I live in Texas. I'm not going to do that. You know, that's a thousand something miles. And then I guess it was like a month later or so, three to two to four weeks yeah. later, our mutual friend called me and said, hey, Brindy would totally date you. And I was like, oh, really? She goes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. And then hung up. And then I texted Brindy uh, a song. And after that, that was all she wrote. We started to get to know each other and, you know, conversation through the phone mainly since we were at a distance. And she decided to come down here and visit me. And at, after that trip, when taken to the airport, I said, hey, if you don't plan to date, don't come back. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's he no way you it. can be here and me not be with you. So, so how did that go with you, Brittany? Was that cool? Uh, it was a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, especially where I was at at that point in my life. You know, I was recently separated from someone and I just wasn't in that like let's have a serious relationship type of mood I was hey I like this person let's have fun and he was a lot more serious so it was a little bit scary for me but I had to do some real big thinking and we did a lot of back and forth visiting yeah. and getting to know each other and I think I think it ended up working out very very well yeah I remember not to hurt your feelings Ray but the day that she came over on Thanksgiving we met her and we're like man she's super sweet she's super pretty and I was like, how did Reagan get her? <laughs> I don't doubt it because I still to this day ask myself that exact same question. So how long did you guys date? And just give us a little bit of backdrop. I mean, I'm assuming that since Reagan, again, you lived in Texas your whole life and you're from Seattle. How long did you guys date and how difficult was that? Because for a lot of people, the long distance dating thing doesn't work. I mean, it's got to be the right thing. So mm -hmm. actually, she moved down here October after we met. So we met in March, mm -hmm. I believe. She came down here in July. I went up there. She came down here and then ended up moving down here in October. So the long distance wasn't really that long. And we were not officially dating at that time. We decided to take it slow. And, uh, you know, just being like a quote unquote talking stage, as kids my age would say it. So we're literally just getting to know each other, you know, dates and stuff. Like we often debate when our first date was because like we literally just hung out with each other when we would go and visit. You know, we didn't set up like, hey, let's go on a date. It was like, hey, let's go to this place and just hang out. But officially dating, uh, I guess we dated for, what, three years before we got engaged? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we started dating in December, the year that we met. I asked her to be officially my girlfriend on December 31st of 2018. So I, I wish our listeners 
I mean, <laughs> this is not scripted. I'm telling you, I wish you could actually see them. So when Reagan talks or Brittany talks, you see them staring. You can tell they're newlyweds because they oh. stare at one another's eyes. And literally, as I'm speaking, Brittany has <laughs> both of her hands on Reagan's arm. I mean, you can tell they are absolutely crazy about each other. Well, tell me this. How long were you guys dating when you knew, okay, this, this is, this is going to be a, a long-term thing? I mean, was it something that was fairly quick or was this kind of months in the process or what? You know, I'm going to be honest. I think it was months, almost a year in the process. It was a very rocky first year for us. Yeah. Like you said, the long distance, we tried really hard to make sure our families and our friends came first because when you're long distance, you're on the phone all the time. We're yeah. FaceTiming up until midnight. I'm a teacher. doesn't really work to stay up until midnight every night. Yeah. And uh, so it, it was really difficult in the beginning when we were long distance for me, especially I like, and I think for him too, he's very physical. He likes physical touch. He likes to be next to each other. And, and that was really, I think Rocky getting down here and being with each other was almost like we went from nothing to everything immediately. And we were spending so much time together. Yeah. And I think that that kind of caused maybe some, I don't know, tension. In the first year, we were yeah. really like arguing, kind of not arguing, bickering. Bickering yeah. is a better yeah. statement. We were bickering a lot. And so I think we even had a moment where we were like, should we be doing this? We're bickering a whole lot. Is this something that we want to keep going for? And we both looked at each other and said, hey, if we're in it, we are in it. We need to work through this. And yeah, we just started realizing that we needed to communicate a lot more and stop arguing with each other. You moved here how long after you guys started talking? I don't remember. Probably about four or five months. Or was it really, it was that quick. I was yeah. thinking it was a little bit longer. The reason I had moved so quickly was because I was already in the process of looking for a job. So when I had moved down here, I didn't originally move for Reagan. He just happened to be here. I actually moved to Dallas for a teaching position at a high school. And so when I moved down here, we still weren't officially dating and we were still an hour apart from each other. So we still had to try to make that long distance. But again, we were trying to take all of that spare time and put it towards each other. And I think that was just a little bit too much for us. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, I mean, I've not, I don't want to say I've spent a lot of time in Seattle, but I've been through Seattle a lot mm -hmm. and people are people. I get that, but there is a difference between just, there's a difference between the East coast and the West coast, the North, South, the Midwest, and you coming from Seattle. I mean, and I, I know your brother really well mm -hmm. and even talking to him because we've been friends for a while. He talked about, I think he used the vernacular of a culture shock going from Seattle to Texas. Yeah. Was that the same thing for you? This adjustment coming from Washington to Texas? I don't know. I think I always felt out of place up in Washington. I feel like I was always searching for something more and coming down to Texas, I was able to find it. And that wasn't in Reagan and it wasn't in my job. I really believe that it was in the Lord because growing up in Seattle, it was, I always believed in God, but I never had a relationship with him. And it wasn't to fault my parents. They just didn't know how to do that. We didn't go to church. We didn't learn about the stories. And so coming down here when it was really important to me to have that journey and to be grounded in my faith and learn about that, it was a real difference of where I was from and where I'm at now. And I, I feel like where I'm at now was where I should have been my whole life. I wow. think that it, yeah, it was, it just felt right. It felt She's definitely good. a lot more Texan. Then she oh, I know that. I know that. <laughs> yeah. I know that for a fact from yeah. day one. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. I, I, I mean, I, I think most of our listeners would know this, but for those listeners that maybe haven't traveled extensively like I have, sometimes we, whether, 
regardless of where we grow up, if we grow up on the West Coast, we think everybody has kind of a West Coast mentality or whether it's the East Coast or the Midwest and from the South. And the truth of it is that it is a different culture here in the South than it is there. Did, did, was it different for you, Reagan, at all? Did, did you notice a difference, her coming from Seattle? And you, you talked about, Brindy, that you didn't grow up going to church. A lot of people don't realize that there are certain parts of the United States that it's not like it is in Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, where here you go to church even if you're not a believer. I mean, yeah. you go to church because it's good for business, it's good for relationships. It doesn't mean you have a relationship with Christ. So it, it is very different. Was that different for you, Reagan? I mean, or man, I think all the way down to like the way that she talked, like she was a fast talker. Like I would have to tell her, Hey, slow down. I can't really, I'm not comprehending what you're saying because of how quick you're talking, but it was definitely different, but it was very welcoming. Like I loved it because she was very sweet, had a very much like Southern mentality of the way that she cared for people, but then also had the like nuances of the North. And I liked being able to like trying to navigate that. Yeah. So it was, it was really sweet. Definitely noticed it. And it's been, it's funny because the longer she's been down here, the more, you know, she has grown adapted to the Texan way and everything Texas. She even talks slower now. So. Oh yeah. I'm sure our listeners, I mean, you can't detect. I remember when I first met you, I could detect an accent. And oh, yeah. now I don't think anybody would talk to Brindy and go, she's not from around here. I mean, yeah. it's kind of just okay. grown on her. I think both of them anymore. <laughs> That's very cool. I feel good about it. <laughs> so, you actually mentioned, Brindy, and I'd like to hear from both of you on this, because there are people who listen to the podcast, like I said, we kind of talked a little bit about this beforehand, some that are dating, some that are newlyweds, some that have been married for years. I mean, we have kind of a broad array of listeners, and I'd like to hear from both of you, because you touched on a little bit, Brindy, about you didn't grow up going to church. It wasn't a staple in your family, or uh, it wasn't a way of life that it would be here. And Bragan, I already know, yeah. you know, because I know your your mother and your father, and it was quite different for you growing up in Texas, where you guys always went to church. What was that like? I like to hear from both of you. What was that like for you, Brindy, dating a guy who comes from a really strong faith background that goes to church? And then Reagan, what was that like for you? Were these major hurdles for each of you to overcome? Because it's a diametric difference between the way you grew up and the way that Brindy grew up. What do you think, Ben? Uh, so there's a whole bunch of different factors. This Her family raised her, in my eyes, like very right. I feel like some of our upbringings, like the rules of our house and that kind of stuff were very similar. Not Her not going to church and not knowing the way of that life was definitely different. It was interesting to me. I mean, that was one thing I asked her from the jump was if she believed in Jesus. And she always told me she did. And honestly, where I was at in my life, I was like, all right, that's sufficient enough. She tells me she believes. She confessed with her mouth. And let's do it. Once she got down here, though, it was sweet because she actually had the desire to go to church. Like she wanted to get involved in a church and sort of kind of with my past of the church, it was a little difficult because although I grew up into it, I definitely feel like there is a time in my life where I felt like the church somewhat betrayed me in a way. So it was interesting trying to, one, allow her to discover what she needed from the church, what she needed from the Lord without influencing her too much. But I've also enjoyed the fact of like how newly of a believer she is or like newly in her relationship she is because it's been really sweet to see that growth and has actually encouraged me and helped me to grow as well. So definitely some weird navigation, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, very welcome because it, one, reignited my spiritual life as well. Yeah, I remember, Brindy, I assume you remembered as well, but I remember the first time you came and heard me preach at first. Mm -hmm. And uh, y'all were sitting like on the fourth or fifth row. It was fairly close to the front. And uh, I remember coming up to you and hugging you after I preached. 
of course, my family, a bunch of people were there, but I remember hugging you and, and I may be wrong about this, but I sensed, I sensed that you had been impacted. I sensed that your mind was really stirred. So, so what's your take on it, Brittany? What was it like for you? Really two questions for you. One, what was it like for you? I mean, was this a, a great thing? I know that my wife says I'm the first guy she ever dated that was a believer. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that really impressed her about me. Yeah. Well, so was it something that impressed you or was it a, a hurdle to overcome? And second thing, when you get done answering that, I'd like to hear, you talked earlier about you had a belief in God, but you didn't have a relationship. If you would expound on that, because I think there may be people listening that go, yeah, I believe in God. But I don't have a relationship. So maybe you can hit that second after you talk about, was there a real challenge for you or was it a good thing or was it a hurdle as far as now I'm dating a guy that comes from a different background spiritually than I do? I think the only hurdle was I felt very self-conscious because I didn't know as much as they knew. But other than that, I was so excited because I had someone that I could ask questions to. I had someone that could lead me and guide me. And he was very uh, non-biased. He wasn't trying to push anything on me. He would just say, hey, you need to seek counsel with someone that might know a little bit more than me. And so he always led me in the right direction to learn more. And I loved that. Like he said, I immediately wanted to go to church. We went to a cowboy church down in Tarrant County. And that was interesting because hardly grew up in a church. And then all of a sudden I'm in a church where they have horses coming in and guys wearing cowboy hats and spitting on the ground. I was like, oh, where am I? I'm really in Texas now. But I think one thing that I really enjoy about being married is that Reagan has taken such a role in being that spiritual leader of the household and of the family. And so it's been really great already, you know, coming down here and him helping me learn brought me so much. Yeah. But having him be that spiritual leader, the one that's constantly praying for us and making sure that we're going to church and we're doing those things, that has been even more special. And I assume that you'd never dated a guy like Reagan. That, that Never. Had, yeah. Well, nobody is like Reagan, but no, I definitely... <laughs> That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, I actually, I grew up in a family of Catholics and my grandmother on one side is Jehovah Witness. And so my growing up, I always, my parents, they always told me that I believe in God. Not, they didn't tell me that I believe in God. We grew up believing in God, but they always said that we want you to find your own path. We want you to figure that out. And so I didn't have any of the guidance. I didn't have someone that was encouraging me to go to church. I went to Young Life. But I didn't realize until I got down here how different Young Life camps are than going to church and really learning about learning about Jesus and learning about what he has done and the stories in the Bible and how real they are. It was very surface level where I'm from. And there's such growing up with parents who one side was Catholic and one side was Jehovah Witness. I think they were both confused themselves and they both. My mother grew up in a household of being Jehovah Witness. She was a Jehovah Witness until she was 19. She was excommunicated for marrying my father, who was a Catholic. And so I think both of them at that point in time in their life said, this is too much for us. We don't want this to be put on our kids. And to no fault of their own, it made a lot of confusion for my brother and I. Like you said, you know my brother very well, and you know that he and I are on two very different paths. And I think that is hugely due to our parents. Again, not to any fault of theirs, yeah. but we just weren't, weren't given the tools that we needed. Yeah. Well, I know their intentions were good. Matter of fact, I know your mother has read both of my books. Yes, sir. I know that may be a fact. And I, I think it was wisdom on Reagan's part, Reagan, that you didn't push. I, I think you would have done more damage and okay. pushed Brindy away than you did just, yeah, this is where I come from and this is what I believe, but allowing her the opportunity to, to grow in that. And I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Brindy, but I think I understand when you talk about 
believing in God, but not having a relationship. Did you mean, do you mean in the sense that there was an intellectual belief, but never like a saving belief? Is that what you mean? Oh, absolutely. Or clarify that. Oh, yes, absolutely. And you're way better with your words. So you hit it just on the head right there. I always in my heart knew that there was a Lord. I knew that there was someone up there that was eventually one of these days going to put judgment on me, but I also knew that that person saved me. I didn't know what saving meant, though. I didn't know what it meant to be saved. And I kept continuously living my life in sin, knowing that he would forgive me because I confessed it. And it was just a lot of confusion. And so when I look back now, I say, I've always believed in him, but I never had that relationship with him where I was following him. I was trying to be Christ-like. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a huge... So technically, would you say that you actually became a true believer once you moved to Texas? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's really when you, if you want to use the term born again or saved or whatever, really after you moved to Texas. Yes, absolutely. Man, that is, that's amazing. And I can say this, this is honestly not just talk because we're on a podcast. If Missy were here and I've told Reagan and Brendy this, but this is the truth. Brendy, you talk about the strong influence that Reagan was on you spiritually, Mm -hmm. but I've known Reagan. I knew Reagan before he knew me when he was a baby. And I can say that not only have I seen where Reagan's influence has cultivated a spiritual relationship with you and the Lord, I can honestly tell you that your impact on Reagan is just as big because, and I know you would agree with that, Reagan. 100% without a doubt. I mean, it's just, it's honestly, I I know it sounds cheesy. I have chill bumps on my arm because when people talk about what a relationship would be, and the truth of it is, I don't want to misrepresent this because- if you're a believer or if you're not a believer, marriage can be tough and life is tough. It doesn't make you immune. The Bible says God sends the rain on the just and the unjust. But technically, what a relationship should do, a godly relationship, a biblical relationship, it should be a catalyst that spurs one another on. And I can honestly, again, this is not just taboo talk with Jay Louder saying this. It's amazing to me as an outsider. And I've, I've had this discussion with my family that to see how you guys both have really propelled one another, y'all right. been a spiritual trampoline for each other. Yeah. And it's really not just Reagan because of your upbringing, because even exactly. you were honest and said there was a time you felt betrayed by the church and maybe walked away for a while. But really, y'all have just been a catapult for one another. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, I know when y'all got engaged, I was at the engagement party and and just... It, it, and I know, of course, we met beforehand when you guys asked me to to do the wedding. And I, I went home that day and, and told my family, I was just, honestly, I was blown away. And it sounds like I'm just saying this because we're on a podcast, but I just couldn't believe the depth and the spiritual change. Of course, obviously, Brittany, I haven't known you as long, but even what I was seeing in Reagan and what I was seeing that you guys, what was happening in y'all's life, man, it was just it, it's motivating to me to this day. I, I want to ask a question. I, this is a question I've got many times over the years in my travels, and I don't know that I know how to answer it, and I don't know if y'all will either, but people have said to me that have been in short-term relationships and long-term relationships, how do you know? And how did you guys know? I, I'm going to kind of turn the question on you, and it may be different a different answer for each of you. I mean, for me, Jay, it was... I, don't, I looked at her one day and I just said, hey, I'm in this for the long haul, whether you like it or not. And I honestly and truly think it was, like you said, just how she propelled me in every you know 
sense of the word, you know, like she always encouraged me to do better, but supported me to do better as well. Just didn't tell me, Hey, go do this. And then that's it. She was there to encourage me day in and day out to be the best that I could be for me and for her. I think that's really what did it was just how much she encouraged me and how much she supported me. I looked at her and just realized that no matter what, I need to fight for this and fight for this love. And I knew from then on. As you can tell, Reagan and Brindy are both great communicators. How about you, Brindy? I mean, how did you when, when how did you know? I mean, was there some specific pivot point or, or moment where you went, and this is it? Or was it just kind of a gradual thing or what? I think it took me a little bit longer to get to that that spot of like, wow, this is it. And I don't know if it happened over a long period of time or if it happened overnight, but it was just one day that I looked at him and I was like, wow, this man makes me better, makes me want to be better makes me happy in every way that you could possibly be happy. He does. I don't even know if words can describe the things that Reagan does in my life. That isn't a tangible thing. You know, when you come home from a long, hard day and you just want to vent or cry and he's just there with your favorite candy and your favorite flower because you text him in the afternoon telling him how hard your day was. It's just not anything that I've ever experienced. And it's not always like that. There's just days where he comes home and he's got my pajamas laid out on the bed because he knows that I'm going to want to just jump in my jammies and go to bed and forget this day ever existed. Um, so I think it was a culmination of all these little things that he was doing. And I just woke up one day and said, yeah, that's it. That's that's the person. He knows me. He knows my heart. He knows exactly how to make me happy. He knows how to drive me crazy, but then also drive me crazy <laughs> in the best possible way. So yeah, it, it took me definitely a little bit longer, but yeah, once I figured it out, I just, yeah, there's no stopping it. There's no walking away from this. What would you guys say? There are people, again, we've got a array, an armada, people from different walks of life. And matter of fact, y'all can probably hear. It's ironic. I'm going to also say this for our listeners. We're on the 11th floor in offices in downtown Wichita Falls, and there's only one floor above us, and it's vacant. But somehow somebody's up there tapping on the floor. So <laughs> if you hear that in the background, we apologize. But what would you guys say? What did y'all do, rather? in preparation for marriage? Because I think there are some people out there going, maybe some people that are in a situation where maybe there's some warning signs and they're trying to decipher, is this God's will? Is this what I'm supposed to do? I think there are other people that may be listening that say, I really feel like this is the person that I'm supposed to marry, or maybe they're dating somebody they're really serious about and they're contemplating some of those feelings. Are there certain things that you guys did before getting married a few months ago to prepare for that? Or things that you would recommend for people to uh, I think first and foremost, the most important thing that we did is we put God at the center of our relationship. 100%. Um, it wasn't like that the first year or two. And we definitely decided that that's, that was the first person we wanted to have a relationship with before each other. And once we did that, I mean, things were good. It yeah. was not always easy. It, sometimes it was really hard, but it was good. And we knew that it was always going to be good. Like, Things the day might be the hardest day that we've ever had, but knowing that we have each other and we have God right there with us and we're going to Him first, that made everything so much easier. 100%. I would say next would be family. Uh, like you said, Jay, like I you'd never met somebody that I dated before. Um, that was pretty intentional. Like if I didn't feel like it was right, um, and I feel like family is a good indicator of that, you know, if I had the feeling like, oh, this could lead somewhere, uh, my family would be able to tell me for sure, if not, because they're the ones that had to live with me for so long. Yeah. Um, and that started off early. I mean, she met my grandparents <laughs> the first time she was here in town uh, to come and visit me. So uh, I think one, just sinking, 
seeking counsel from family and both of our families. You know, I asked her dad, like traditionally, um, actually asked him three different times, I think, because of how long it took for me to actually ask her <laughs> to marry me. But uh, yeah, I mean, family, I think was great. And then also, I think another thing that helped us a lot, just like in the months uh, just before was the for preparation was the book, Love and Respect that you recommended oh, to yeah. us. I was going through that together and realizing how communication is key, which I took some communication uh, classes in college and that focused on relationships. Uh, so I already had a good idea of that, but being able to put it uh, right next to the Bible and have supporting evidence in the Bible uh, of the communication, love and respect that you need to have a successful marriage, I think was really sweet to, for us to open our eyes to that before we jumped in. You, know? you guys even went to a love and respect conference. Yeah, at that. We did. yeah. yeah for those of you that don't know, I, I'm really high on this book. I've given it to many folks. And uh, again, I don't do a lot of weddings because I'm a full-time evangelist and I'm on the road. And so um, that's most often time left for pastors to do, like I say, unless you're really close. But I actually told you guys, I would not marry you mm -hmm. if you didn't read that book. It's such a great book, and I don't want to dovetail too far on this, but it's uh, a really great book from the perspective for a woman to really kind of understand from the myopic view of a man and for a man to do the same for a woman, to kind of uh, be able to look at things from a different perspective and to see what really um, a man's greatest need being respect and a woman's greatest need being love. And again, it, we could do 10 podcasts on that book, but I would say to anybody who's not, uh, who's listening today, if you've not read that book, I don't care whether you're contemplating getting married or if you're newlywed or even if you've been married for years, because I have been married for years and there are still seasons where Missy and I are doing really well and seasons where we struggle. I'd recommend anybody to read that book. It's absolutely phenomenal. I know y'all really liked it as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, we still go back to it to this day. I yeah. think that we will always keep that book on our bedside and reread it every time that we need it, especially for me. Before meeting Reagan, I was very independent and headstrong, and that book reminded me that I can make space for someone else and that that person is the leader of our family and that he deserves and needs my respect, and it's not going to be a battle for everything. And so it was really beneficial for me just all around to learn really what it meant to be a wife and what he needed as a husband and what I wasn't giving him and not in a shameful way, not that I was doing anything wrong. It just reminded me how I could be better for him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great book. And obviously it's from a biblical, biblical perspective. And we also met, matter of fact, one night Missy and I came over and met with you guys. Yeah. And I know before Missy and I got married, the gentleman who married Missy and I, uh, did the same thing. We went and kind of met with him to talk about some various things. The truth of it is when we left, we were like, man, you guys are on track, man. We weren't, we weren't worried about y'all at all. We're like, we, we really, we wanted to come and we wanted to meet with you, but it's like, man, you guys are, are definitely on the right track. One of the things we talked about, and again, we just had a chance to talk briefly before we got on today's podcast. But one of the things that we talked about, I asked you guys, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have asked the question because they were already unloading some different things that I thought, man, this would be great for the podcast. But I think a lot of people, um, I know me, for example, when I got married, I kind of had this, oh, you know, you hear about the white picket fence and my view of what marriage is and the reality of what marriage is, I found out, well, I, I say that in some ways it was polar opposites, but yet in other ways it, it did align. It just didn't align on a consistent basis like I thought it would. Yeah. And I asked you guys, you know, what's it like? I mean, y'all are newly, newly, newlyweds. <laughs> and um, I can't remember which one of you or maybe both of you said, yeah, it's just great. You know, we love it. But y'all were also real and transparent saying that 
there are challenges with it. Oh, Do you guys mind sharing what some of those may be? Because there may be people listening today that go, hey, I just got married or I haven't been married that long. And while I thought my husband or wife was perfect, I found out they're not. Yes. I mean, so what are some of those? I definitely think uh, as soon as you get married, you're a little bit more comfortable letting all the other stuff out. You know, it's like, hey, he's stuck. He can't leave. He's here with me forever. So I think that there are times where maybe I felt like it was okay to take anger out on him. And so that was definitely something that I was like, wait, hold on. You can't, you can't do that just because you guys are married now and he's quote unquote stuck with you. You need to communicate. You need to have those things. And so I think that was something that was difficult for me. I don't know about, what about for you? I wouldn't necessarily even say difficult. It just presents new challenges. I think one of the things we mentioned to you was finances. Um, and it's more or less just like, I feel like there's a sudden like, oh, I have to, you know, I need to think about this person before I spend any money. Whereas in before, like we had our allotted money to help pay bills and that kind of stuff. But also, you know, I made X amount I set aside for myself and I could just spend it. Well, now it's like, no, we're a team. You know, all of our finances are combined, all of our debts together. Um, so that's just presented challenges in like uh, just challenging conversation. It's not even arguments or anything like that. Not being perfect. It's just a difficult subject to talk about sometimes and like face the facts of what you spend your money on, you know, um, but it's been really sweet because we've been able to navigate that, I think, pretty well through communicating and just keeping each other up to date. Brenda, you said something and it prompted a thought. Yeah. And I, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it prompted the thought that what I've seen in just years of, of course, when you travel, you, you meet with a lot of folks who want to talk with you about a lot of different things. And it seems as though a lot of people who end up having some very real marriage struggles, a lot of times it stems from them quit doing what they did in those beginning days. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes kind of back to what you were talking about, how you've got to be on guard against, well, now that I'm married or I have this person. Yeah, you have them, but you, it's still important to continue to cater and win them and love yeah. them. And, yes. and I, I think I've even heard stories of many times where a marriage fell apart and and even in many cases where they got back together and it was a, really a matter of I quit doing what I did to win her or win him, which in essence really is, I guess you could say, really kind of getting in a rut and taking one another for granted. And it's an easy thing to do. I mean, I've been married long enough and I, there are seasons regrettably where I really don't appreciate Missy the way that I should. And sometimes various and sundry things happen that kind of shell shock me back into that place to realize how grateful I need to be. And, and it can be very easy for anyone to pick out someone else's faults. And we tend to judge others by their actions and ourselves by our own intentions. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not really fair. So, uh, but I think that is a really, a really important step. This question really, uh, I wrote it down as something that I wanted to ask you guys. And I think really just in the context of today's discussion, it's really revealed but I was going to ask you, what role does your faith play in your relationship now? I know when Missy and I were at you guys' house, y'all read the Bible together. Y'all had Bible study together. Y'all still do that? We don't do it as much as we used to, but I think that's because we both kind of ventured out in our own personal Bible study. Yeah. And uh, I know Reagan right now is reading the Bible chronologically, and I'm just reading the Bible. I'm trying to get through it. I've never done that before. And so right now I'm in Exodus, and I got through all the begotten, so I think I'm on the up and up right now. <laughs> but... Uh, I think that it has not only played a major role, I think it's played every role. Honestly, yeah. I think that I, I don't think we would be where we are today if we didn't center ourselves around Jesus. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, there are many couples that I know that they do have Bible study together. Misty and I don't. I do mine independently. Mm-hmm. And she does hers. If I'm going to be honest about it today, the reason we don't do it together anymore, I never intended, but she said, I'm doing too much preaching. And she didn't want to, you know, she yeah. didn't want me to preach. It wasn't my intention, <laughs> yeah. but we do ours independently. And I know for some people that are listening, they they do it on their own. Some people do it together. There's really no right or wrong way, as long as you're doing what you need to do to cultivate that relationship. But I know faith plays a a huge role. And, and like I said, the, the changes in both of you is just, it's just absolutely, it's very inspiring. And, and again, that's legitimate talk here. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention this. And if I'm not, we can edit this out. Um, but you guys are actually trying to have a baby right now. Is that okay to talk about on the podcast or am I breaking yeah. news that I should not be breaking? No, no that's mean, okay. Yeah, we're actively trying. For uh, sure. I'm shouting it to the rooftops because not everyone knows. I know that you know, but Reagan and I actually made a decision halfway through our relationship. We had been dating five years before we got married and about two and a half years in, it was really heavy on my heart, our intimacy. And so we had a conversation and I think it was definitely harder for Reagan being a male. I give him credit for this, but we were abstinent in our marriage for about two and a half years, in our dating for two and a half years until we got married. And so- now that we're married and so we're hoping that i mean our hope and prayer that we'll be rewarded for that discipline but it's all in his timing and all in his will so yeah that was just a collective decision you guys made that hey even though we've only been married a few months we're ready to have a kid uh, we've we've wanted to have children together forever so before and- we decided to take the pledge of abstinence uh i mean we we're trying even before that I wasn't 100% on board just because of my upbringing and realizing that, like, I wanted to be married, and I wanted to be married to her at that point, you know, so it wasn't like a, um, anything struggled that way, but we decided just to, yeah, as soon as we got married, we needed to go. Well, it also should be mentioned, I'm a, I'm a little bit older than Reagan. I'm currently 34, and he's 30, and so as a woman who is aging and getting older, that's the number one thing on your mind is... The older I get, yeah. the harder it's going to be. And so, I mean, that's a, another reason for immediately starting. But, you know, Reagan and I being together for so long has given us that foundation and that build. Being together for five years before getting married and going through so many ups and downs and learning to love each other through all of those things and then being abstinent from each other. And I just, the collection of everything that we have gone through, I think has really made us ready to be parents and really excited to be parents. And we just pray that that's in God's will and yeah. that, that happens for us one day. Well, a couple of things you mentioned that I, I want to highlight. Number one is, is this is something else. And I, I didn't know if this would come up today in the podcast and we didn't talk about it beforehand. But when you guys asked me if I would do your wedding and we had lunch, mm-hmm. that was another thing that really struck me is the commitment that you guys had made to abstinence. And that's another something that I went home and when we were sitting down having dinner, I said, man, mad respect because I mean, let's be real here. We we can pretend all that we want to, but let's be transparent. I, I don't care who you are. If you are in love with someone, it is very difficult to remain abstinent. And that's just a reality. And some people may be offended by me saying it. that's just the truth of it. And I remember when we had that discussion and you guys real commitment to that. It wasn't yeah. a casual thing. I mean, y'all were sold out on this abstinence thing. And I was so, so impressed with that. The other thing I want to mention is, is, and I know one shoe doesn't fit everybody. And I know some people want to, I, I mean, I know of people that literally dated weeks and got engaged. And I know of people that literally, I've met many people over the years that knew one another for less than six months and were married. Yeah. And so I, I don't, 
I don't, there's not a format and there's certainly not a biblical format, but I do think there's some real merit to what you said, Brendy, about you guys did have a long-term relationship. And I know, I'm not saying everybody should date five years. I mean, to each his own, but there is some merit to that where when you guys, it's not like when you guys had met one another six months before you got married and really didn't know one another, you guys knew one another extremely well. And you would have known a lot of each other's nuances and some of the clicks and things that maybe you love and things that drive you crazy. And, and I do think that's an advantage. So again, that's not me trying to push my theory because again, well, there went my phone. So sure. Everybody heard that, but again, I know it's different for everybody, but I do think there was some real merit in that. Don't you feel like that was an advantage for you guys? Absolutely. I, I definitely believe that there are people out there that can know each other for one day and have the happiest life for the rest of their life. I agree with that. But for us, we had a lot of goals that we had set for ourselves personally that we felt was really important for us to accomplish those goals in fear of maybe not accomplishing those if we did get married. Especially me as a female, I was trying to finish school, going through college for the second time, and I didn't want to, I was afraid of losing myself in getting married and then just becoming a wife. And that was something that I really wanted to make sure I was able to accomplish all these goals that I set out for myself. Like I had said previously, I was recently separated And I wanted to accomplish all these things. And I was so proud of myself when I did. And the moment that I did, Reagan decided to go back to college. And I was like, okay, that's a goal for you. And so we probably would have been married after two years if we didn't want to finish these things and really set ourselves up for life. I think that was really important for both of us is to make sure that no matter what, if one of us was left by ourselves and we didn't have the other, that we were able to make it either financially in any way, shape, or form. And so when Reagan decided to go back to school, that was another couple of years. But man, I'm so excited about where we're at now. We're both teachers. We're both really excelling in life and our finances are okay. And it it took a lot to get there, but I think it was those slow steps for us that really got us to where we are right now. Yeah. Brandy, your mother and father, were they ever divorced or your parents only married to each other? Uh, My parents are divorced now. They were married to each other for 20 years after- I remember that now. Yep. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, my father remarried. He's been with his wife for 17 years now. And my mother remarried her second marriage. He actually, my stepdad passed away. And then a few years after that, she remarried and she's been with him for, I think, 12 years now. Yeah. I was only wondering because I know Reagan, of course, your yeah. mom and dad, your father passed away, but yeah. your mom and dad were married for 26 years. Yeah, for a long time. So there's a good legacy there. And even, you know, your father, you said, has been married now for 17 years. So, and at the end of the day, to me, that's what it all boils down to. It's that day when I stood there a foot away from both of you and you made a lifelong commitment. Rain, shine, hell, high water, good, bad, rich, poor. And to me, that's what it all boils down to. And that's why I believe that I love doing you guys' wedding because. It truly was a biblical wedding, everything about it, even the verses that you guys chose. And to me, it was a true representation of Christ's commitment to us, mm-hmm. that that's the kind of commitment he gave to us. It wasn't, I'm going to love you so long as you do X, Y, Z, or as long as you don't trip and fall. It was a commitment that I'm literally giving my life for you. And your whole wedding was based around that. And I remember when you guys asked me to do the wedding, that's one of the things we talked about is I remember, Brenda, you really harping on this, that you really want, I know, Reagan, it was important to you too, but I remember specifically Brenda really pushing that, man, I want everything about this wedding to really show Christ. And I really felt like, oh, honestly, of 
I don't know that I've been to a wedding where I felt that the way that, and maybe it was because I was standing next to you guys, I don't know, but I really felt that. And it was so representative of what Christ has done for us and his commitment to us. And I told Missy before y'all got married, I said, honestly, if anybody's going to make it, it's going to be Reagan and Brindy. I, I know their commitment to one another. And obviously, we've been missing. I've been married long enough. There, there's tough times ahead. There's good times ahead. But I said, I, I truly believe that the commitment is there. And I, I know I've told you all this, and but I am so proud of you guys, man. I mean, I, I wish people could see you rather than just sometimes I wish we did video podcasts. Other times I'm glad we don't. But today's <laughs> one of those days. Excuse me. I wish we did because I wish people could could see you. I wish people could meet you and see Again, this is not just podcast talk. This is legitimate, man. Yeah. You guys truly love one another. There's no doubt in my mind that God brought you guys together, the growth that's happened in your life. And I just want to say to our listeners today, I, I don't know anything about your relationship. Again, I know people are in different phases of relationships, but I know this, that regardless of where you're at, God wants you to have a healthy, long-lasting marriage that's backed up with commitment. And I would assume that there are people that are listening today today that go, Jay, man, we're barely hanging on, or I don't know if we're even going to make it. Or maybe others that are listening that are contemplating or debating or wondering, is this the right person? I just want to tell you that I do believe that God, if you're not married yet, God has a person picked out for you. I believe that. My mother used to always tell me that. I pray for my kids' future spouse, even though none of them are married. And I believe that God has someone picked out. And I think you guys are evident of that. And if you're someone right now that's in a difficult marriage or maybe wondering if you guys are going to be able to weather the storms, the tsunamis, and the hurricanes and the tornadoes that have been unleashed upon your marriage, upon your family, upon your kids, I truly believe with all my heart that if you'll remain committed to one another, and if you'll do really what Reagan and Brindy have both talked about today, they made God the priority of their life. And really making God the priority of your life is what made it possible to make God the priority of your marriage. And so there's hope. And that's really one of the reasons when their name was brought up and I'm like, hands down, this is a great idea, is I was hoping that today's podcast, yeah, it's great to hear a little bit of the background and where these guys come from and how God brought them together. But I know those of you that are listening, your story's not the same. There may be parallels. But This marriage that I know God has ordained, that God has put his favor on and his hand on, he wants that for you. And it may not seem attainable, and maybe the past is not a good reflection of what you believe the future to be, but God can change all that. And Brenda, you talked a little bit about, you didn't go into detail and you didn't need to, but you made it clear that some of the other relationships that you had were not the kind of man that Reagan is. And I don't know anything about Reagan's pre- previous relationships because he never brought any of them around. So that tells me enough to know that yeah. they weren't in the class that you're in. So I just want you to have hope today, those of you that are out there. And and I just even, I pray that God would bring, if you're in that marriage that's really difficult right now, that God would bring that healing in your life, that maybe you feel like throwing in the towel. Maybe it seems as if there's no way that whatever the situation is, that it can be changed or that God can part the Red Sea, that he can make all things new, but he can. And maybe it's just a matter of, as we talked about earlier, going back and doing some of those things that you did in the early days to win her, to win him. It's just great to have you guys on. I love y'all so much. I really do. And man, I have so much respect for y'all. And 
honestly, I told Missy when you guys invited me, I told him two things. I said, I would never admit this to Reagan, but I would have been hurt if they didn't <laughs> ask me. And I'm super honored that they did. So guys, y'all are, y'all are the best. I love you. I'm proud of you. Thanks for joining us this week on Taboo Talk with Jay Louder.